0: Hey, 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 Activators. Um, I am here today. I'm so excited. I have a very special guest that I've been talking about for weeks, promising you a special guest. Um, and we finally made it work with all of our schedules. Um, this, well, one, number one, Steph is not here today. She had to take AJ to check out his new school. So she'll be back with us next week. Um, but I just didn't want to reschedule this because I'm so excited about it. So, um, There, I was thinking about this before um, before I pushed record, and there are there are like three people in my life who are just so very special to me, and who were so pivotal in my I don't know my I guess my it was after I became an adult, but they helped me to grow up and to be. Um, I don't know, kind of molded me and shaped me into the person I am today, even probably without realizing it. And one is Dr. Thompson, and I know he would never even know that. Um, the other one is my high school principal, Fred Kinney, and I think that he knows. I think I've I've let him know that. And the other is my friend, Alyssa Perez, and Alyssa is here today, and I'm so excited and thankful that, um, that she's here. So welcome, Alyssa.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yes. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited. I've shared on here before, and I'm sure people have um, watched my testimony because um, I have shared that online as well. But um, it was sort of just through you showing me compassion and kindness in a really difficult stage of my life that I went from sort of being this believer in God to a, um, to a person with a personal relationship with Jesus. And I just, I can't thank you enough for that. That is, that is a gift that is very special to have given someone. So I thank you for that. Well, praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. That's right. <laughs> um, so you have been on a journey recently. Yes. Yes. So, absolutely. Yeah. So I want you to just maybe share a little, um, just tell me about who you are. Tell me about your life um, leading up to this journey and maybe a little bit about your faith um, and then we'll get into into what what happened, what went on. Sure. Um,
1: well, I am a 45-year-old wife and mother. Um, I am a physician assistant by trade. Um, I am. Uh, I work very, very part-time. I actually haven't worked over the last year in that right now. But um, but no, I've got, uh, I'm married and I have three beautiful children, ages uh, almost 9, 10, and 11. Uh, boy, girl, boy, mm-hmm. and uh, I stay home right now and homeschool our children. I live in Texas, um, which uh, I got transplanted here um, when someone set me up with my husband and I've mm-hmm. been here 13 and a half years now. So um, anyway, that is kind of who I have been mm-hmm. um, or who I am. And um, my faith, I've been a Christian now for the last 20 years Um, I became a Christian, committed my life to Christ in 2002 uh, after um, just another horrific struggle that I Mm -hmm. had to go through. Um, My high school sweetheart, my uh, fiance was killed in a farm accident in 1999. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been together for seven years and after three years of searching for the meaning of life and finding hope um, or searching for hope, I found hope in Jesus in Mm -hmm. 2002 Um, and then um, from there uh, did a lot of uh, high school ministry and, and women's ministry and, um, which led me up to where I am today. Yeah, so.
0: yeah that's amazing. You were very passionate. I remember about just like helping young girls. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was
1: young myself. And so yeah. as, as a physician assistant, um, I had lots of young girls come to me and realized that that was a gift that the Lord had given me to be able to reach them. So mm-hmm. I loved that in my life.
0: Yeah. I say that you gave me Jesus and coffee because you you asked me <laughs> to come over for coffee and you're like, do you like coffee? And I didn't. And I was like, yes, I do. I love coffee. And then ever since I've, I've absolutely loved, like I can't live without coffee and Jesus and you gave them both to me so exactly. <laughs> um so okay so you recently had this cancer diagnosis so that's kind of the story we're here to share and um i'm going to obviously let you share your story but i want to just quickly say and i may have shared it here before but my experience of finding out this news so um like i said you're just such a special person to me and I remember the morning so there was like you have a blog and you you hadn't posted on it in a while that I that I had seen Um, years yeah okay so um, I had woken up in the morning and I was checking my phone and I saw this email saying that there was a new blog post and I was like oh my gosh you know and uh, so I clicked on it and like I remember it's one of those things like I know exactly where I was sitting in my house I know like what I was wearing in the moment because it was just such a it just shook me I can't I can't explain it other than I was just shaken to my core to read the news and so you shared that you had been diagnosed with with cancer and I was just I don't I don't I like went out and told my husband and of course he doesn't know you but I explained our you know our or I had he had listened to my testimony so he knew who I was talking about but um I I just was just so out of sorts the whole day and I just like I knew of your you know the the And things that you had suffered in your life already. And I was just thinking how unfair and what a wonderful, you know, loving Christian woman you are and just the unfairness of it all. And, um, I happened to have a doctor appointment that day. I had an appointment with my OB and I was discussing birth control and, you know, um, just options I wasn't happy on my birth control and she said you know you'd be a lot happier with your tubes tied and I said really why and then she said actually no your tubes removed and I said why and she said well it decreases your chances of you know ovarian cancer by 90 something percent and in that moment I mean my entire body was just covered in goosebumps and I was like okay god like I hear you like it just seemed like there's no way this is happening on this same day if it wasn't what I was supposed to do. So I immediately scheduled the procedure and had it the next week. And I, I think I shared that with, with you eventually. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, I don't know, it was just very much a God moment for me, I think. So um, can you just share sort of your experience leading up to your diagnosis and then like getting that news? Sure.
1: Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, Life changing, devastating news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the news in January um, on the 13th of January, but specifically uh, the month before that, it was actually November 28th. I uh, got in the shower, it was on a Saturday night, and happened to look down, and the left side of my suprapubic area was, was swollen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, well, that's weird. And um, the next day, my left groin lymph nodes were a little bit swollen. and And we had just gotten kittens the month before that had fleas. And so I um, just, in my medical knowledge, know that you can get cat scratch from Mm. cat fleas. Mm -hmm. And so I jokingly called a friend of mine on Monday when it was getting a little worse and said, hey, I need some antibiotics. I either have lymphoma or cat scratch. Oh, my gosh. I was joking. Um, and then it got better and then it kind of came back again. And so I went to my uh, primary care doctor a little bit more concerned this time and had him order some, uh, you know, general panel of things, everything came back fine. Um, but at that point I started checking myself for my lymph nodes all over. Mm -hmm. And then, um, two days before Christmas, I found a lymph node in my left, uh, left supraclavicular area, which is just kind of behind your, um, clavicle Mm -hmm. and, in my medical knowledge, uh, a left supraclavicular node is metastatic disease until proven otherwise. Wow! And so I called my uh, primary care and immediately told them I needed to see a surgeon and they got me in the next day, which was the day before Christmas or the you know, day before Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And it was so tiny and I'm pretty thin. Mm-hmm. And so it was just probably like two or three millimeters, just mm-hmm. tiny. And she was like, ah, oh, it's fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. Um, you know she's like and i was leaving for iowa for a week for christmas and mm-hmm. she said go to iowa and you know if it get if it's still there when you get back we'll we'll look into it and so i went to iowa but during this time i was pretty pretty uh distraught just knowing yeah. that possibility of this. So I went to Iowa and unfortunately, while I was in Iowa, it progressed pretty quickly. Um, my whole gro- uh, anterior groin area was swollen. Um, by the time I came home, I couldn't lay on my right side at night. I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I was having quite a bit of pelvic pain at that point as well. And, um, I had also had a pelvic ultrasound several weeks before that. And my gynecologist and they didn't see anything um, and kind of told me I was fine. And anyway, when I got back, I ended up having the ovary or the biopsy on my right groin uh, lymph node on January 11th. And, um, but actually before that, like three days before, four days before that, I ended up going to the ER at night because I have a friend who works in the ER and said, cause I couldn't breathe at night when I was, um, and I knew something was desperately wrong right. and he did a CT scan. And then the results came back on Monday when she took me back for the biopsy. She said, you have my attention now. Your oh. CT scan shows is full of lymph nodes. And um, she called me Wednesday and I was outside. I knew I saw the phone call come through and I had her private number because we know her. Yeah. And uh, I was out in the garage wait, listening for the news And she called and said, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, Alyssa. You have high grade serous metastatic adenocarcinoma. And I have an appointment for you uh, tomorrow with the oncologist, a PET scan. Um, and uh, I'm sorry. Wow. It was devastating.
0: It is. It makes me cry now just listening to you tell the story. I just, I feel like, you know, like as parents, it seemed like the worst possible thing in the world would be losing a child. And the second worst thing would be leaving your child. So yeah. I imagine that those were obviously lots of thoughts, but your kids had to be at the forefront of your mind in that moment and finding out that news.
1: Absolutely. I was, dead, it, you know, kind of shock set in at first. I didn't cry immediately. I oh. just, uh, I called my neighbor who happened to be home mm-hmm. and said, I need you to come stay with my kids. And I, so I could go tell my husband
0: yeah.
1: and uh, I went and told him and when I told him, we both broke down and cried. And then I went and told a friend. And then, um, from there, it was just a whirlwind of hell for the next two weeks, to Mm -hmm. be quite honest. Right. So, but amazingly knowing, uh, you know, she got me in so fast. Mm -hmm. I got, I saw the oncologist the next day, had a PET scan. Um, and when I saw the oncologist actually on Friday, she said to me, Alyssa, you, I was, it was only in my lymph nodes, but every lymph node was filled with it all the way from, you know, my pelvis, all the way up to my neck. And, um, then the next week, they decided they had to put a port in so I could start chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, accidentally, she nicked my lung and gave me a pneumothorax, mm-hmm. and I ended up in the hospital in excruciating pain, um, for four days. But uh, that was the those were the two weeks of
0: hell. Yeah. And uh, things. So. Oh my gosh. So, what? I mean, after the shock wore off, what were the thoughts that were running through your mind and? I guess those next two weeks were figuring out a treatment plan and how your life was going to look. You homeschool your children, like making all these plans. What did that, that time look like? Um,
1: it was, you know, my first thoughts was I'm going to die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't have much time left and I got to get my life in order. Um, just, you know, at that point then not no more sleep. I was not sleeping. Um, just up at night crying and, and, um, just this helpless feeling of knowing that, that I was going to die and I had to figure out what to do for mm. my children and my husband. Uh, you know, I can chuckle at it now, but one of the first thoughts I had was I needed to write down everything for my husband. I'm like, how is he going to manage everything? <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> he has no idea how to do everything. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, trying to decide what I was going to do with my children for school. And, yeah. and, you know, those are kind of those those first thoughts that you have. I immediately, um, I am a, was the uh, director of our homeschool community uh, classical conversations here in town. And so I immediately stepped down from that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and a uh, friend kind of took over that. So I was making plans to die, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. yeah. So did they, do they give you a prognosis at the time of diagnosis or did you just rely on what you knew Um to kind of come um, to that conclusion or how does that,
1: you know, at the time I was afraid to mm-hmm. ask how um, long I had. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really want to know that. Yeah. Um, you know, the doctor said to me, um, one of my doctors, I ended up seeing a local oncologist and an oncologist from uh, MD Anderson as well. But uh, she said to me, I said, do you think I'm? there's a chance I could watch my children grow up? And she said, Yes, we have someone who's doing, you know, is alive at five years. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I've got five years. Right. Yeah, it was kind of my first. Um, but they did not really give me a prognosis um, at that time. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, so. my goodness. I can't imagine. I feel like that's kind of like what I did. I started immediately Googling, you know, after, mm-hmm. after I heard or after I read that email. And I was just like, this is so unfair. I can't believe this is happening. And I was just, I, I just went through, I mean gosh, I'm like taking away from your feelings, but I like, I was having so many feelings about it. Um, and Google is a scary place. Um, it is a, I know I knew enough not to really get on there right away. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Um, yep. So okay, so you, at what point did you decide that I'm going to share this journey?
1: You know, it's interesting, because I started, um, I was laying in excruciating pain on Dilaudid in the hospital because Mm -hmm. I couldn't function because with that uh, chest tube in my side Mm -hmm. and I had to have my friends come up and feed me. I couldn't even, I couldn't sit up. I couldn't do my arms. And I had decided in that those moments of, of agony and despair by myself in the hospital Mm -hmm. that I wanted to share this. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was going to start a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I don't really even know where, maybe it was the Dilaudid. I don't know. But, (laughs) I just decided I've always been somebody who I love people and I love to be around people. I've had a blog years ago and I just thought that that would be a good way to kind of keep everybody posted. I was having everybody kind of reach out and email me and talk to me and ask me questions. And I realized at that point I couldn't
0: keep up up with
1: the texts and the phone calls. And I thought it would be a good way. And I also started a group me page and then kind of reopened my blog as well when I got out.
0: Right. Right. So, okay. So I know it was interesting to me to watch, um, like how you kind of chose the best of Western medicine and what kind of natural remedies were out there. How did you sort of sort through that and make those decisions? Well,
1: while I was in the hospital in, uh, for the chest tube, um, the pneumothorax, I have a great friend who, um, she has done a lot of natural medicine her whole life and Mm. is super healthy. And, and, um, she goes to this naturopath in Lubbock. And so I, um, right away, she contacted him Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and he called me, um, while I was in the hospital and just gave me, I don't remember everything he said, of course, but just gave me some tips and some things to start doing and some hope and encouragement from that. And told me to read Nasha Winner's book, The Metabolic Approach to Cancer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I ordered that immediately. And um, it was at my house when I got out of the hospital four days later. Mm-hmm. And I just started diving into that. As well as my friend, Tara, she uh, was uh, instrumental in getting me juicing. And we um, stopped sugar immediately. Yeah. Like, I changed my diet like immediately when I got home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And just from that point forward, just started reading and learning and figuring out what I was going to do from this point forward.
0: And it seemed like you were able to handle the chemo amazingly well based on, I mean, I guess we don't know what it, what it was, but but I felt like based on the changes you made with your diet.
1: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I contribute my health at this point to, first of all, Jesus. Uh, yes. Um, second of all, the integrative care. Yeah. And and certainly chemo did play a role in sure. as well. But um i do believe that more than anything it was jesus and integrative care that did that and um a friend of my my friend my same friend found a blog that recommended coffee enemas and at the first mm. i was like oh yeah that does not sound very good <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all yeah but as i approached chemo i started chemo then on january 29th we had to delay it a week because of my surgery right. um or because of my chest tube but uh we Kind of constructed this plan that when I would start, I would start doing wheatgrass shots, mm-hmm. um, you know, green smoothies. Start with the the um, the coffee enemas, mm-hmm. and uh, incidentally, a good friend, another good friend of ours, just had bought a sauna, an infrared sauna, mm-hmm. for themselves, yep. um, right over Christmas. And we found that infrared saunas are really good to treat cancer and detox the body as well. And um, so I did that as well mm-hmm. as doing some detox baths. And amazingly, uh, after eight rounds of chemo, I had very minimal
0: to no side effects at all. The only thing
1: I had was um, usually the day after chemo is I took a nap.
0: Right. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So so from an out from the outside perspective, looking in, you were like your perspective seemed to be like, obviously, you shared the hard there were hard days and you got, you know, the enemy would come in and you would be afraid and you would have sleepless nights and these things, but you seemed bound and determined to share this journey so that you could glorify God and allow people to watch him perform a miracle in your life.
1: Absolutely. Um, from the beginning, I knew something was wrong, Mm -hmm. um, in December. And so when I, my sister was not a believer, um, at the time and, and, uh, a staunch agnostic slash atheist. And uh, I wrote, I bought her a Bible and I wrote her this beautiful letter and I put it under her spare bedroom
0: mm-hmm.
1: bed because I knew I was going to have to call and give her bad news. Yes. um when I got home and I never mentioned anything to her And the night before my biopsy, um, I called and, and told her what was that? I needed her to pray. I said, I know you don't believe, but I need you to pray to my God because he hears mm-hmm. your prayers. And I said, I need you to go. Uh, I need you to pray. And so I had the biopsy on Monday and, um, beautifully Monday night. And I just want to share this too. This is just, um, this is just shows the power of the Lord, Mm -hmm. but I was at a prayer meeting at our church and I was up at the altar, my husband and I, and just on our knees, beseeching the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, for this. And the Lord gave me the verse in Matthew um, nine, when it talks about the woman that was bleeding for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And she said, if I could only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And I I remember just praying that and hearing the Lord speak to my heart about this, that Jesus turned and he saw her and she touched the fringes of his cloak and was healed. Mm -hmm. And I clung to that verse. And that next week, um, three of my friends came to me individually and said that the Lord had given them that verse. Oh, my God. Um, Okay, so that was that, and then I had to call on, I got the news on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, I had to call my sister, and I had said to a friend of mine, a couple friends, and I said, if this is the Lord's path for me, to bring my sister to know the Lord, then I will walk it, whatever he asks me to do. Wow. And so, I had to call her on Thursday, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done, uh, because uh, my oldest sister was killed in a car accident when we were young, Mm -hmm when she was 18 so it's just my sister and I mm-hmm. and I had to tell her that I had metastatic cancer and it was wow. devastating to her and I both but I was able to say to her please go I have a gift for you underneath of the mm-hmm. spare bedroom yeah. down below and at that moment I mean she went and got that bible and read it and called me back but she promised from that moment forward that she would be she would never stop praying for me wow and it has been amazing to see how the Lord has shown her his faithfulness and shown her his miraculous work and how far she has come um, in her belief it's amazing so
0: wow that that's so interesting to me when even to hear you say like as strong of a Christian as you are and how much you love Jesus to even think that your sister didn't have that faith and I didn't intend to share this, but my son, my oldest, he um, left to go to Iowa a couple of weeks ago and shared with me the night before that he didn't know if he believes. And I have been just like, just one, I was beside myself. I never in a million years thought I would have a child that didn't believe. Like it made me wonder like, what did I do wrong? And what didn't I show him? And um, it's just so interesting that you can live your life in such a way that God is at the center of it and still the people around you, I don't know, it takes something more for them to see on their own. And I just keep praying that God will work in his heart and, you know, show him the truth. And, um, I do believe that he will come to that conclusion. I do believe that, but it's very hard to know that someone you love that much doesn't have that relationship.
1: It is hard and and I'm a people pleaser and I want to save everyone and help everybody. Yeah. Um, this journey has really helped me to surrender that, mm-hmm. that it is not my responsibility to save people. My job is to worship the Lord and to seek him in all things and to live my life in such a way that other people want to know about my God. Yeah. And so, um, I'm learning to let go of, 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 wanting to fix everybody in that way
0: too yeah it it was just so inspiring to watch you just keep showing up like you'd show up on a video you know shaving your head you'd show up on you know you did show the hard parts but you just were so it just was such a beautiful thing to watch you with so much faith that God was going to heal you and I know that the enemy crept in so how did you what did you do when that happened how did you combat the enemy Well,
1: um, like I said, those first few weeks were hell. And then I kind of got my, pulled my bootstraps on and said, all right, this is, I'm, I'm, I got to get myself together. And I started really diving into the word of God. And every morning when I couldn't sleep and in the middle of the night, I would get up and read his word. And it's just, it is a beautiful thing when you are desperate. I remember sitting in that chair and just crying and truly all these years, you know, you God talks to us about surrendering to him and surrendering and i'm like yes i've done that i've done that but when you are faced with life and death you're faced with a terminal illness you're faced with the fact that you may not be here i finally it was like lord i surrender it all to you Mm -hmm. my whole life from this point forward i have i have nothing left
0: yeah
1: i've got nothing from this point forward and anything beyond today that you give me is a gift and so it was this absolute complete surrender and the lord has been so faithful to to speak to me through his word over and over and over again. And it's just been this beautiful relationship that I have built with him that is better and stronger and deeper and richer than I have ever had in my life. Um, and it is God's word that has sustained me through this. Um, and that's, I love one of my gifts and one of my passions is to teach people the word of God. And so Mm. as I was able to, as God would speak to me through his word, I was like, Oh, I got to share this with my friends. And Mm -hmm. So that's what led me to just get myself on video, teaching other people and sharing basically what God was teaching me.
0: Yeah. You had to just, I mean, you just, I know you just provided so much hope for so many people through just sharing and you know, showing up when it was hard. It was just so amazing to watch. And so kind of, so we're in January. So kind of summarize as, as, you know, as much as you can, what happened between January and, you know, like what, a few weeks ago, um, God started showing you really quickly that your faithfulness was, you know, that he was working. Yes. You
1: know, I, I clung to that verse, take heart, take heart, your faith has healed you. Mm. And at that woman, at that moment, the woman was healed. And yeah. um, someone sent me this little book called Healed of Cancer. And it was just all these verses. And instead of like, asking for the Lord and hoping he healed you, it's believed Believe that it's been it. done. Yeah. Believe that has been done, and so repetitively he would take me to verses that would that would show me that he had healed me already, and so I started on um, chemo on January 29th, and initially they told me six rounds of chemo, and so they check a level called a CA 125, which is an ovarian cancer marker. Mm -hmm. Basically, normal is less than 35, Mm -hmm. and when they checked mine um, in the middle of January, it was. 1000 something sadly I can't remember exactly it was like 1700 and two weeks later it was 2700 so this cancer came on rapidly um, aggressively and so when I had my first chemo it was at 2700 and when I went back three weeks later I went every three weeks for my second chemo my numbers were at 144 yeah and the nurse said to me Alyssa in the 20 years I've been here, I've never seen anybody's numbers drop that fast. Yeah. And I just, you know, burst into tears realizing that the Lord yeah. has has acted on his promise that he is healing me. And I believed from that point forward. And I started this group me page for people to be praying for me. Yeah. And just really started pouring out specifically what I needed them to pray for
0: yeah.
1: and to believe with me, standing beside me in believing that God had already healed me. And so from, that was the second, um, second, uh, chemo. And by the third chemo, it was at 27. Yeah. It was already at normal. And now it, it just dropped every week. And now mm-hmm. it's, um, uh, it's at 3.2, um, this last time. So yeah. amazing how the Lord has just done that, um,
0: very quickly. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was amazing. And then just to see, so what, how, okay. So this began in January and what, like, when did you ring that bell? So,
1: yep, I started in January and they, um, they check a PET scan halfway after three cycles, yeah. uh, after just three cycles of chemo and my cancer was almost gone. Yeah. I had two tiny ones in my lymph, uh, left supraclavicular area and like two in my abdomen. And, um, then I had three more and they'd repeated a PET scan. And at that time, they, um, they, um, they did the PET scan on a Monday and my nurse called me on Wednesday and said, Alyssa, your cancer is gone. There is nothing left on that PET scan. Praise the Lord. Praise
0: the Lord. I mean, I just bulb. I think I sent you a picture of myself (laughs) in tears. Like, I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. And to have like the way you took us on the journey with you, like just made it all the more, I don't know, miraculous and just amazing and I loved how you you didn't do it alone you created that page and you allowed people to be a part of your journey and to pray for you and to be a part of it with you
1: yes and that was you know that was certainly the lord's nudging and I I needed that support and yeah. I knew it was a way for me to kind of minister in the midst of it gave me a purpose because mm-hmm. I said you know um so much of what I, all the bible verses that I have read and and it it says um you know, I will heal me Lord, and I will praise you. I will stand on the mountaintop. And I promised God that I said, if if you heal me, Lord, um, I will do whatever I can for you. I have surrendered my life to you. And I will let everyone know about your miraculous powers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have been able to do that. And just to comment on, you know, this Matthew 922. So I got the the news on Wednesday, um, that I was clear, and that my PET scans were clear. And then, The next morning I was, um, at my chair reading my Bible again, I was about to read my Bible and my Mm -hmm. husband was leaving and I had my Bible closed on my lap. And so much of what I've done this, this last six months is, you know, sit there in the morning quietly and literally ask the Lord, what do you have for me today? Like, Mm -hmm. what is the message you have for me today? Speak to me through your word. And repetitively, I mean, just he brings me to tears exactly what I need to hear at that moment. But my Bible was closed. I said goodbye to my husband. I, I closed my eyes and I prayed and I just kind of let the Bible fall open on my lap as I prayed. And, and I asked the Lord that and it was like he said to me, I want like look down. Yeah. And I opened my eyes and it was Matthew 9, 22. Wow. And it just says, Jesus turned and he saw her take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. And I just burst into tears again. <laughs> I'm like, this is so beautiful how the Lord, he, whatever he begins, he finishes. Yeah. And he started, he gave me that verse at the be- very beginning. And that is the verse he completed this journey with, or it's not really completed, but I yeah. uh, completed my chemo with, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, To remind me that it has been the Lord who has miraculously healed me. And then I got on a phone call with my MD Anderson doctor right after that at 8am. And and he kept referring to my case as unique. And I finally interrupted him. And I said, can you tell me what you mean by unique? Why do you keep telling me that I'm a unique case? Yeah. And he said, Alyssa, when I first saw your scan and your numbers, he said, my best hope for you was that your scan would stay the same or maybe slightly improve. He said, I would never have predicted that your scan would be clear today.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm covered in goosebumps again. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just. And I amazing. It's a
1: miracle. And I said to him, I said, that doctor is the it. power, the miraculous power of my God yeah. and the integrative uh, treatments that yeah. I am doing. yeah." Um, and he said to me, I don't know anything about any of that, but whatever you're <laughs> doing is working, so keep at it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, okay. So you just I feel like you so clearly he has work for you to do, right? Like you are not done yet. He is not finished with you. So how do you like how do you see the trajectory of your life? Like how does it look different now?
1: Oh gosh. You know, I, I still just keep praying and asking the Lord that, but number first and foremost, I want to tell everybody about Jesus. I said, when you've got yeah. cancer, you got a platform. Everybody's got to listen to you. Right. That's right. So I said, Lord, take me wherever you need to take me do with whatever you need me to do. So I can tell people about Jesus and that personal relationship that they need to have um, with him. But because I've been also on this integrative journey um, as well, using the things that God created yes. to heal my body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to be able to share with other people how they can be helped and healed um, by using these integrative approaches as well and so I am just in the midst of you know I have certainly my own experience but I'm in the midst of just devouring books and learning Mm and and starting another program online that I'm doing of just becoming an advocate to help people Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in their journeys with cancer because to be quite honest I had an amazing group of supporters and followers and um and family that were just pouring into me and bringing me food and praying for me. And however, I was very alone in this journey mm-hmm. to begin with. I mm-hmm. had, there was nobody else who had cancer walking beside me that could say, I, I get what you're going through. Yeah. I can help you with this. Mm-hmm. I had a couple people call from, you know, MD Anderson, you know, each two people called one time and just said, Hey, you know, one of them had cervical cancer and one of them had ovarian cancer and they were doing well. But but I never had somebody to walk beside me. And I feel like that is, is devastating. It is such a lonely feeling. And that's what my husband is like, I, I don't know what to say. Like I can't, he would pray for me and he would be with me and hold me, but he had nothing. I mean, nobody could say anything to me that was like, yeah, I've been here. I know what you're going through. And so I want to be that for other people. I love that. And so, yeah. I'm ready to to kind of dive in and um, share what I am learning, and I love to teach other people. So mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's what the Lord has for me. One of the things He has
0: for me yes. in the future, and I'm
1: open to whatever else. Like yeah. what I said, this open hands. I tell my kids to always have open hands yes. and let the Lord use you, however possible.
0: Yes. So um, you mentioned your husband. So were there, and you obviously the multitude of family and friends that supported you. So. And you just mentioned that they just don't know what to say or do. But were there ways that people were able to show up and support you in meaningful and helpful ways? Like what can people do?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, pray for me. I mean, I had the night before my uh, the day before my chemo, my good friend Tara organized uh, since it was kind of still COVID ish. And, um, she had people drive by and drop off presents. And I stood up there, she made me wear a cape and a crown (laughs) and, um, along, along the road (laughs) and people would drive by and bring me cards and presents and gifts. And it was amazing. Um, then I had another friend organize a prayer. So they all came over and prayed over me. My church group prayed over me specifically, um, and they just, people would send letters. And that was so encouraging. I'm a word person, My yeah. love languages, words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And so I had friends from all over the United States and abroad yeah. sending me cards and emails and gift care packages just to tell me, you know, that I I'm there. I care. Yeah. You know, I had some friends who would send cards once a week, you know, wow. just to kind of keep reminding me that, that uh, I'm going to get through this and that they're mm-hmm. praying for me. So just, you know, and asking, I think some people didn't know what to say. And yeah. so they didn't. didn't say um, anything. And that's just some people's uncomfortableness in that. Mm-hmm. And I remember that when I lost my fiance is when you are going through a hard time, people don't know what to say, yeah. but you don't really have to say anything just to call and say, Hey, how are you? Or texting and say, I'm praying for you today. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not really a specific way. Um, but if you feel a nudge, go for it. You're mm-hmm. not going to hurt them, offend them. You know, it's worse to not say anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like even leading up to your cancer diagnosis, you had this unshakable faith, but is there something like, what, what is your takeaway from all of this? What have you learned?
1: Oh gosh. Um,
0: loaded questions.
1: Yeah. I could go on for an hour just from that. Jesus is faithful and he still performs miracles. And for me, it's, it wasn't about hoping it was believing yeah. that God is faithful to fulfill the promises that he has given. And, and so many verses that have come true in this. Um, the one thing that I have done is to claim God's promises. Like, you know, in John 10, 10, it says, the thief has come to kill, steal and destroy, mm-hmm. but Jesus came to give us life abundantly. And I would claim that and say, Lord, you came to give me life. Like Satan's trying to take me out here. Yeah. Like Satan's trying to kill me, literally kill me. But you are going to give me life abundantly, and I would believe that. And I, Psalm 30 was another verse that I um, clung to, but it just it starts off, and it says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. And I would read that verse over and over again in the middle of the night, and then it would, as you keep going, when I was up in the middle of the night, and it would say, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Wow. And then the next part of that verse and this it is just such a beautiful verse but mm-hmm. it says to you lord i called for the, to the lord i cried for mercy what is gained if i'm silenced if i go down to the pit will the dust praise you mm-hmm. will it proclaim your faithfulness Hear, lord and be merciful to me lord be my help and it was like this cry of going lord if i die i can't tell people about yes. you don't let me die mm-hmm. like let me live so that i can proclaim your faithfulness mm-hmm. and then the last part of that verse says you turned my wailing into dancing you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. And that was my promise to him that you're going to turn, you're going to turn this for your good. You're going to make me rejoice, which I am doing that now. And then I will not be silent from that point forward. I will proclaim your name. Mm. And so
0: the faithfulness of God um,
1: is real. It is real.
0: Amen. It is real. Um, So just, I guess lastly I mean this is just so amazing it it was just such a gift really that you gave to the people who got to share along in your journey um but do you have what would you say to someone who is maybe newly diagnosed with cancer or who, who has a family member who is experiencing that
1: absolutely um the first thing i would say to is cling to god's word immediately just dive into god's word and secondly is that you're not alone one thing i have learned in this journey and just even in the last month of me just diving in and, and researching this is that there are you're not alone yeah. um part of like this nisha winters i would strongly recommend her book read as many books as you can about integrative care and that you're not yeah. alone. So many people are walking this and thriving yeah. I'm reading this book called Radical Remissions. And it's talking about these people that are that are living with stage four cancer wow. and are thriving in life. And and um, another thing would be is to take one day at a time, yeah. because when you, you look forward, you see your death. And I don't know how many times yeah. I have just been overwhelmed with grief, mm-hmm. en- envisioning myself yeah. laying in bed, dying. Yeah and to stop that like the lord hasn't given that to any of us right. none of us are guaranteed tomorrow okay. and so we need to focus on today and the other thing is is one thing i said in the beginning and i think it is your mindset with this you will have days of of, of despair and you know sadness and and fear so much fear mm-hmm. but i said i'm like i am not going to sit back and let cancer happen to me so often i think sometimes in our medical you know, career in, in this environment, you sit down and you let the chemo just take care of the yeah. of the cancer and you, you hope that it goes away yeah. and you just let things happen. And no, you yeah. take an active role in this. Right. Do whatever you can with your mind and with your body and with integrative care and all the different things to do something about this. Yeah. Don't just sit back, take the reins. And it's not an emergency. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I, d- I did get on chemo right away and whatnot. But then it was like, take a breath. Start thinking, start praying about, and, and, you know, in Isaiah, it says, I love Isaiah 38 or Isaiah 30. And it says, as soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although Mm -hmm. the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, Mm -hmm. your teachers will be hidden no more with your own eyes. You will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. Trust in the Lord Trust in your intuition, trust it, learn as much as you can and make good decisions. You don't have to just, you're, you're not out of control. Cause it, it when you get that diagnosis, fear and this lack of control over your life, it's like you're spiraling yes. down,
0: mm-hmm.
1: take some deep breaths, <clears throat> excuse me, and step out, step back and, and realize that, you know, you're in control.
0: Yeah. You're still in control. Yeah. So and I, so I keep hearing like, it's almost like be still and then take action, right? Like be sure. still and listen, but yes. then do something.
1: Yes. And, and sometimes, and repetitively in God's word in the Psalms, especially, it told me to wait. Mm. Like I didn't need to make a decision today. Mm. I've had some issues with making some decisions on some maintenance care and maintenance things. And, and, repetitively I, I just keep asking the lord i'm like lord why is this such an urge like uh, there's not an urgency here right. like help me not to be afraid and help and and literally went to the doctor last week and it was another answered prayer mm-hmm. and i walked in and she looks at me and she's just like you know have you made any decisions and i said no i'm you know praying about things and she said to me right, specifically my prayer she's like this isn't urgent mm-hmm. take your time and yeah. i was like oh lord. praise God yes it, it was just it gives you that permission to just sit and be still and wait on the Lord. Cause sometimes he allows us to, you know, go through these things. Like, mm-hmm. why did he allow me to go through all of this? Why yeah. did he allow me to have fear? Why? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and my sister acknowledged this the other day, one of her big things about Christianity in the past has been, why does God allow bad things to happen? Right. Right. And she said to me the other day, she's like, I finally see it. Because you've gone through this, Alyssa, and you've had the fear and you've had the doubt and you've had all this you are now able to help others through what they're going through. It's Mm -hmm. compassion that Jesus had. And if we don't ever go through difficult times, we don't gain compassion and kindness and grace Mm -hmm. like he wants us to have. Mm -hmm. So he allows all that for his good purposes.
0: No light without the dark.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh my goodness. It's just, I don't know. It's just been such an amazing story to watch. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on here and share your story and, share how God worked in your life? Is there, is there anything, any last words, anything you would like to say? Actually, I shouldn't say last words. You have lots of words <laughs> Um Oh, this
1: is, my words are just beginning. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I, you know, just that same thing. It just comes down to just trusting in the Lord. Yeah. You know, Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and with all your, um, and lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. And that we think we have our lives figured out, you know, um, before all this, I, I, life was good. Like, right. I, I pretty much had everything figured out and God is saying to us, you know, let me take control of your life and it will be good. Mm -hmm. It will be good. He will make your path straight if we submit to him. Um, and that's, I guess just my encouragement for anybody is just to trust in the Lord for your life. And, um, My, the mantra that God has given me for eight years now, which he is finally allowing me to truly live is to live differently Mm. and living differently is good.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Will you finish, will you continue with your YouTube channel? Like, can people, like, obviously people can go to it now and watch the journey back. Um, it's live differently, um, on YouTube. Um, and then what's your blog?
1: Um, it's just alyssaperez.com, And okay. that's something that, you know, both of these things, I'm certainly not a master at any of this stuff. It is all just, you know, just kind of thrown out there. And my, I would like to um, develop that blog and, mm. and be able to share um, even more and more from what I'm going through with this journey. And because I know that there are cancer patients or people that are going through other chronic illnesses that need encouragement yeah. and need some, some, um, direction. And so I hope, uh, my plan is, is to kind of help develop that and, um, to just come alongside people and, and give encouragement and, and practical advice and, and suggestions to help them better their own life journeys.
0: Awesome. So. Amazing. Well, thank you, Alyssa, for just being a beautiful person and a, a testament to the grace and love of an almighty God. And I'm just so grateful for you and grateful for you know, the second chance that you have. And I just, I am just lucky to know you.
1: Oh, well, thanks, Kristen. You're doing an amazing job and what an awesome opportunity that you have as well to just reach out and help people. So thank you. I'm honored that you, uh, and humbled that you asked me to be on here. And, um, I just wish you all the best as well in, in your endeavors to make a difference in the world. Yes.
0: Thank you. You're oh all right. Well well I'll be in touch soon and I'll be following along and and this was great. So thank you so so much. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Thank Thanks, Kristen. Bye-bye.